Welcome once again, everyone. We're glad you stopped by uh, to the Walkman Whisperers podcast, where we discuss all kinds of interesting things from the uh, primarily from the 80s, but also uh, earlier from the 70s and in the 90s. And once in a while, we may even uh, dredge up some uh, topic uh, relative to today. Uh, on this particular podcast episode, we are going to be talking about the funniest people, some of the funniest people in our opinions, on the big screen. Movies primarily dealing with the 80s, but, you know, 90s, and who knows, maybe maybe some more modern, maybe some from way back when. Unfortunately, we are one whisperer short tonight, so those of you listening will receive a 25% uh, credit on your ticket. But just remember, <laughs> even though even though there's just three Walkman Whisperers tonight instead of the usual four, just remember a three-legged dog can do nearly anything a four-legged dog can do. Although he will fall over when he lifts his leg to pee. Yeah. First of- and uh, <laughs> wasn't it the the amazing, the immortal philosopher Meatloaf who said three out of four ain't bad? Nat, go go <laughs> through the Alaska Department of Education because they gave you a diploma and, and, and you're some math credits short, I think. I shouldn't <laughs> be talking to anyone about math. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> if you see the way I uh, try and balance a checkbook, we're going to go, we're going to do some, I'll do some quick introductions. First of all, I'm going to bring up the uh, Walkman Whisperer who's not with us tonight. I uh, had some things come up, but uh, he'll be back soon. This, uh, he's the man who, after seeing the movies Back to the Future and Hot Tub Time Machine, uh, installed a five-person hot tub in the back of a Chevy El Camino. And when it hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious skid marks. Chad Bartley is... <laughs> is he's not a wall tonight but he's he's not with us tonight and we're gonna miss him but uh he has said uh, carry on with uh, with his blessing so we're gonna do it and we're gonna be thinking about him and he's gonna come back real soon next up who is joining us on the podcast tonight um and who's been with us there the last several podcasts the newest member of the walkman whispers a young lady who's been deemed three-time winner of the funniest woman in laverne oklahoma as bestowed upon her by the laverne toastmasters club <laughs> April McDonald. Hey, 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 and I know her. I know her. It's yeah. an honor to be here. See, yeah. And finally, uh, a man who, not a comedian, but in his youth served as a bodyguard for many top-level comedians, <laughs> and Bob Saget, Nat Hall, is joining us. <laughs> so. Oh, yes. Hello, hello. <laughs> right. So... We've got uh, we've got everybody. Oh, and I'm just I'm the fourth member. I'm I'm the fourth beetle, the fifth beetle, which I don't know. Anyway, uh, we're going to be discussing funny people in movies. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm guessing mine are mostly from the 80s. They can be from whenever. But uh, before we get into the main topic, the main event for this podcast, uh, anybody have anything they want to uh, bring up? Uh, rehash, retrash, uh, make up anything? Well, I can tell you, uh, Greg, that my youngest daughter, and she's amazing. I like to call her the Metal Maiden on my radio show, Mullet Metal Mayhem. She, tomorrow, is entering the realm of the 16th year of her history. Sweet 16. Wow. That's happening tomorrow for my little Metal oh. Maiden. About that, wow! Wow, the just the years they they creep up on you before you realize it. Wow! Well, that's, <laughs> that's and that's right. tomorrow. That's tomorrow. That is tomorrow. That is have tomorrow. You got a, 
have you got a big bash? You got anything, got events planned or you got some things going on? You know, in the immortal words of Johnny Carson's sidekick, Ed, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. You, you are correct, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will definitely be having a, a lot of fun. She's got some of her little pa- gal pals coming over for, uh, at our place, we've got a gazebo out the back. We've got a fire pit and we got a lot of snow right now. So we're going to be lighting a fire out there and roasting weenies, marshmallows, and s'mores. And I'm going to unleash upon her and her little 16-year-old mates there the most incredible barrage of old dad jokes possible. And Very it's nice. going to be it's going to be epic in the way that I embarrass that young little lady <laughs> and her little friends. And I, I, I hope you're not busting out the guitar is all I hope. <laughs> the Vinnie Vincent invasion coming your way. Oh, like oh, like a cross between Vinnie Vincent and Buck Owens. He's going to be out there picking and a grinning. So, yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be That's fun. Right. A, bunch of, a bunch of teenagers around the fire pit and Nat just unleashed with the dad jokes. Oh, it's coming. If you want it brought, it's going to be brought in. <laughs> When I turned 16, my family planned a surprise party for me. And uh, we, my mom said, hey, we need to drop something by the church on our way out of town. We were going to drive over to the metropolis of Woodward, have some, have some pizza or something. And so she said, we need to stop at the church and take something back or pick something up, whichever. And I walked in, and there were all my friends, and they yelled, surprise! And I turned around and walked out. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to be a surprise. (laughs) For for some reason, April, I don't know, when when there's like a public scene and it's a really happy event or something, I'm just going back to the other one. It's, It's when I was AWOL and not part of the podcast. I was gone for a while, but April was on. Was it in Laverne? Was of all places? Was it the? Was it a high school dance that you just blew the guy off? Wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You don't. You don't know. April's not. She's. She's like. Uh, I mean, she's like one of those very uh, aloof, elusive type of celebrities <laughs> who you know. She. That's April. Shh, don't. Don't. No. Don't. Don't go that's near. That's right. Wasn't I there... was so painfully shy back then, and I didn't want any attention. So wasn't there like a show or a part of a show? Where this group of girls were called the Gone Girls. You were a Gone Girl. I was a Gone Girl, but they drug me back in, and it was a fun time. So I hope your daughter has a very fun time. Oh, I can't wait! It's <laughs> it's going to be epic, and there's going to be lots of video to her chagrin. You know, you know the you know the frightening thing that I'm picturing, Nat and the fire pit. Please, Nat, don't don't bring out the Polynesian. The cloth and do the torch. Do, don't do the tissue torch. The twirling. <laughs> don't don't do the twirling torch of of death and that kind of stuff. It's right in there entertain anybody. Hey, I'm going to arrive in that black hawk with animal and hawk <laughs> by my side. You know, yeah, we're, we're doing that. Right. <laughs> my 18th now her 16th birthday 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> And we're gonna have Gina Carano start elbow smashing people along the way. Yes, I'm, I'm in, I'm in. Yeah. Okay, you're invited. You're invited. <laughs> right. Well, that sounds cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So that was. This is a, an upcoming event tomorrow that I cannot wait. 
this little girl is precious to me and I cannot wait to make it a very special time for her. So we're, we're excited. Yes. Well, happy birthday to her. All yes. Right. The metal maiden. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. Are you going to be on the radio tomorrow night, Nat? Or are you, or is a show going on or have you got her? You should do a, you should do a live, you should do like a live remote show from the party. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> and she'd be going dead. All right. We be baking in the premises like, right I, now. I, she's like, I have no idea who that middle-aged uh, man is. Uh, I don't know who he, I don't know how he got here. <laughs> That's right. Well, I, I have to tell you that my wife uh, would absolutely skewer me. If I were to do a radio show during my daughter's birthday. So there shall be no radio show during her birthday. I promise you that. There might be some epic, epic dad joke humor video, but no radio hmm. show. <laughs> Wise choice. Thank you. Thank you. And by the way, I'm just kind of curious myself. So April, you were talking about your husband taking a road trip with your daughter. How did yes. that go? Because you said, Robin. Go. <laughs> and he went. They were gone for almost exactly 24 hours. So they went and they came back home. They were home before I got home from work on Friday. <laughs> so my time alone was very, very short. Okay. <laughs> but they had a good time. So that's Great. all that matters. Yeah. That's all that matters. Dad and daughter. Yes. That's good exactly. Stuff. Yes. <laughs> D&D. That's right. Not the old Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> although it could be that way, I suppose. But <laughs> and yes. and she she is fourteen. Is that correct? Fourteen. Yes. Oh, okay. Wow. Good. Yeah. Good. It's hard to believe. <laughs> I was telling my mom the other day. I remember when I was fourteen and how old I thought I was. But I look at her and I think about how young she is. <laughs> so I really had to try to get myself thinking that she's much older than I have her in my mind. And that's been a little bit difficult for mom. Oh. Trying to just say, okay, you're you're 14, do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget your descriptor that you gave us in the last Walkman Whisperer podcast. And it's exactly the descriptor of my little girl, too. Saucy and sideways. That's yes, what happens. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So they're fun, though. Even if they get that way occasionally, <laughs> they're fun. Well, even the pop and the mom could get saucy and sideways, oh, too. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Birds of a feather flock together. You know right. it. <laughs> Pulling that one out of the fifties, but that holds <laughs> true. Yes, it does. Well, anything else going on? Are we ready to no. jump into it? You know, I was thinking about when we get into this topic for this particular podcast. If it's okay, I I want to hear if people, you know, who we thought were really funny in movies. I want to hear the female point of view first. April, you got anybody on top yeah. of your mind? Yeah, who is it? I do. So I have I have a few funny people that I really like to, to watch. And I went way back because I'm just kind of that kind of gal. I like the old movies. But I'm going to start with one of the funniest movies I think I've ever seen in my life that did not it didn't do well back when it was released, but I think it's 
hilarious and it's done a lot better since then, but it's from 1938. I went way back and it has two people in it who probably aren't Mm. known for their comedy, but Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant in the movie Bringing Up Baby. Have you ever seen that? I have not, but I, April, correct me if I'm wrong. It doesn't involve, is, is she like an heiress? And yes. there's, is there like a, there's like a wild animal. There's like a cat involved. A that, leopard. Leopard. Okay. That's yes. all I know about that. But anyway, baby, yeah, go on. Baby is the leopard. And <laughs> so Catherine Hepburn is an heiress and Cary Grant is a zoologist, I believe is what he is. But he needs, so Catherine Hepburn's aunt is going to give away a million dollars. And Cary Grant wants the million dollars for his museum. And they meet on a golf course and just craziness ensues from there. You know, they don't know. He doesn't know that she's the granddaughter of the woman giving the million dollars. And she doesn't know him. And and it's just, she hits his golf ball then she tries to steal his car and you know <laughs> all this stuff and then later they meet at a restaurant and she thinks he's stalking her and it's just it's got so many lines in it that I repeat <laughs> all the time like um when Cary Grant realizes who the who um oh it's not her did I say her grandmother it's her aunt who's given the money anyway the aunt comes to visit and so when he realizes that she's the one giving the million dollars, he says, don't tell her who I am. So Catherine Hepburn makes up this crazy story, but she forgets to tell Carrie that this is the crazy story she's made up. And so they're both all confused. But anyway, you should watch it. It's a great movie, and it's got some some funny lines like, um, when you hear the tone, the time will be 7.30 and one quarter. When you hear the tone, the time will be 7.30 and, you know, whatever. Catherine Hepburn's trying to get Carrie off the phone because he's talking to the gal he's supposed to marry the next day. Mm. And so, anyway. So, it's just, it's got some some crazy things in it, so. That sounds awesome. And I would like to educate the Walkman Whisperer Nation out there. A zoologist that Carrie Grant played is a person who works at the zoo. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he actually has a museum and he's building a, lo- a big dinosaur and that plays uh, a part in oh. it because he gets this box at his house and it has a dinosaur bone this rare dinosaur bone the last one he needs mm. for this dinosaur it's the intercostal clavicle or something like that anyway <laughs> so he takes that and in it it gets lost and one thing leads to another, but watch it. It's a fun movie. Well, I heard interstellar cost calculator. So I'm (laughs) now educated myself. (laughs) You use that on a daily basis in HR, right? An interstellar cost calculator. (laughs) I, I, every day. (laughs) (laughs) So also back way, not as far back as 1938, but one of the people I think is the funniest ever born was Danny Kay. I love Danny Kay. Have you ever seen The Court Jester? 
I haven't seen it, but I, I know kind of what you're talking about. And I know Danny Kaye, but I haven't seen the movie. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if I have. My mother loves to watch these older films. It's possible I saw it with her, but I just wouldn't recognize it. He He's a court jester who people think he's this knight. And so um, <laughs> he, it's just, you know, gets mixed up. But he has to fight. He has to, um, I think it's like a jousting thing. And they're, they say, oh, don't worry, don't worry. We've put some poison in this cup. So the, the famous part, you can, I can get it for you and YouTube it to you or link it on YouTube. But he, they tell him, the vessel with the pestle has the pellet with the poison. The chalice from the palace has the brew that is true. And so he just keeps <laughs> saying that over and over and over. And he finally gets it. And he goes up to the lady and he's like, I've got it. The vessel with the pestle has the pellet with the poison. The palace from the chalice has the brew that is true. And she says, no, they broke the palace from the chalice. So now you have to look for the flagon with the dragon. And he <laughs> Says, so the flagon with the dragon has the <laughs> anyway. So he just the a guy from the um, other side, the one that he's getting ready to fight, hears them talking about it. So he goes and he tells the the guy that's going to fight Danny Kay. And so both of them, as they're walking out to joust each other, they're both saying the the flagon with the dragon has the you know whatever. They just keep getting <laughs> mm-hmm. it mixed up. Anyway. Funny movie. So Danny Kay is one of my favorites. I'm going to have to watch that. That sounds really funny. <laughs> it is funny. And it's a prolific. lightning bolt hits his his metal armor. And so it, it makes it magnetic. So as he's walking, <laughs> things just keep hitting it. <laughs> if, well, if either of these movies are half as entertaining as you explain them to be, they're going to be a good watch. Really. <laughs> <laughs> They are. They are. Trust me. They're really funny. Mm. So, all right. My last guy is a little bit closer to now. He's Martin Short, who I mentioned in the other movies. I <laughs> oh, love yes. Martin Short. And yes. another of my all-time favorite movies is Pure Luck. Oh, yes. And so, I love that where he plays the the guy, the klutzy guy. And he sticks the straw up his nose and... <laughs> You know, Danny Glover's the straight guy in that one. And <laughs> Martin Short gets stung by a bee and he's allergic to bees, so he blows up. And anyway, love that movie. Martin Short yeah. is a comedic he, genius. Yes, My gosh, yes. he is. He was the only actor that made early 80s Saturday Night Live palatable. I mean, he was. <laughs> that was it. He well, and Eddie Murphy, and that was it. And, and that's the thing about martin short i mean yeah he's he's hysterical in movies but even in like a short just a two or three minute i'm going to use this word i've only used this word once in my life before vignette he uh, <laughs> he he is just hysterical martin he short. is he is and i don't think he ever got it the credit he deserved no i think he's largely he, overlooked he, he could do, and he could do impressions. The characters he did on Saturday Night Live, even when he was, even when he was portraying a character in a movie or just being interviewed on a show, he was funny. But um, just to, he he could do Catherine, he could do Catherine Hepburn, a Catherine Hepburn impression that just puts me on the floor. It's it's great. <laughs> oh, and his Ed Grimley character, I must say, 
I must say. <laughs> it was incredible. With that big old fan blade, you know, yeah. big old swoop in the front. Yeah. Oh, my. Yes, yes. I remember on Saturday Night Live when they had, uh, it was a knockoff version. They, they did, uh, hello, I'm Robin Leach, and we're doing lifestyles of the relatives of the rich and famous. And, and he was Catherine Hepburn's nephew, and he sold hot dogs in Central Park. And, and he, but he talked just like her. Oh, oh my that's a really I good do. one i like him a lot and an honorable mention is bill murray bill murray cracked oh. me up you know scrooged i could watch scrooge every day it just that's so funny and one of my and favorite bill murray's ever is what about bob i love oh. what about bob yes it's oh. baby steps he, he plays a neurotic individual so perfectly it's amazing yes yes he does so i like him a lot too that's all i've got awesome <laughs> those are great what? i want to I, I watch those the first two especially the black and the black and white you mentioned i, I yeah i want to watch them i was gonna say They're you brought fun. out the howitzers that was that yeah. was a great great start <laughs> My gosh. Well, uh, Nat, you want to jump in? You want whatever? I guess. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Great start to things. Man, that was nice. So I'm going to start. I've got three people. I'm going to start. There's one lady and two guys. I'm going to start with a lady. And she is one of the funniest comedic actresses. She can be over the top funny or she can be very subtly funny. And she is amazing. Matter of fact, all three of these individuals have some similarity, not only from where they're from, but also some of their comedic experiences. So I think this is kind of fun. So my favorite, my favorite lady actress for comedy, because she's so versatile and she's just perfect in how she brings it every time, is the amazing Canadian actress, Catherine O'Hara. Mm -hmm. Catherine O'Hara is a comedic genius. That lady started out back in the day. She is like 66, 67 years old now, but she started out with second city, the second city comedy troupe up in Toronto, up in Canada. And that actually made its way to American television, SCTV. You know, a lot of people might remember from the early eighties, SCTV had a little bit of play in American television. It was trying to compete with Saturday night live and, mm -hmm. you know, Anyways, it was really popular, and especially as a live venue. Second City TV, they'd go to Chicago, they'd go to different venues and do amazing. Catherine O'Hara is so funny. She, the first time, so I, I remember for her from SCTV doing some crazy skits, but what I really remember her from was really the first movie I ever saw her in. She was the mom. She plays moms exceptionally well. <laughs> I saw her in Beetlejuice. She was the mom in Beetlejuice. Oh, my gosh. She was perfect <laughs> as the mom in Beetlejuice. She was just over the top. She's done a lot of those Tim Burton movies. She's been not only as an actress, but a voice actress as well, a voiceover character in some of those out there as well. Nightmare Before Christmas. And another one, Frankenweenie. <laughs> That's another one. <laughs> That's but she is so funny. So, again... Most people have seen Beetlejuice. Everyone on the planet and their relatives have seen Home Alone. 
she was the mom in Home Alone and Home Alone 2. And so she was the one who goes, Kevin, at the airport. So, you know, just an amazing lady. I, you know, so she's done a lot of different work, lots of supporting actress roles all over the place. She's worked a lot and she is at her best with Eugene Levy, you know, one of those comedians from SCTV. Uh I don't know if you've seen, there's been a recent, and it just ended last year, but there was a five-year comedic run of this amazing, funny, funny, funny series called Shit's Creek. And it's (laughs) S-C-H-I-T-T-S, Shit's Creek. And she was the mom, married Eugene Levy, a very funny, neurotic type of Canadian couple. And they go to this little bumbling, stumbling kind of logger town. And it is a hilarious series. You know, even though she's now in her mid to late 60s, still hilarious, hilarious woman. She's been in all kinds of movies, all kinds of different comedy things, won a lot of awards all over the place. She, to me, is not only, you know, so she's a beautiful lady, but she she plays that up. She knows how to be a comedian in certain things. And my gosh, she's she's really, really, really a Funny, funny, funny lady. One of the lead ladies from the SCTV movement back in the day. I love Catherine O'Hara. She anything she's in, I'm going to watch <laughs> because she is just hilarious. She's good choice. Uh, you guys familiar with her? Uh huh. Oh yes. 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 Great actress. Yes. Yeah, just really has been in a mountain of movies, all kinds of movies, and you know, and then of course SCTV. She was a legend when that started. In Canada, she's she's pretty much you know the Queen 2.0. You know, I know they still recognize the Queen in England. Yeah, yeah, she's Toronto's real Queen. So, but uh, something but something about her, and it's kind of her look and the way she does things, and and this is probably going to sound really off the wall and out there and stupid, but she reminds me of an older, if you know, and this lady you have to look for this lady in movies. She reminds me of an older Joan Cusack, just kind of the character oh. she plays and the way she, and kind of the look and all. And I and I and I mean that very complimentary. So it is that just kind of struck me. Oh yeah. 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 That makes sense. I mean, you know, she Joan Cusack was great, you know. Uh she's always kind of that supporting actress, but super mm-hmm. funny. You super brings a lot to the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yes. the, the, those the, they're like supporting actresses in that, but it's funny because when they're on screen, everybody's looking at them. So, right, right, and she always just brings such a presence, such a. If she's in a movie, even if it's semi-serious, you know there are going to be some amazing comedic elements to it. I mean, it's just amazing, <laughs> and that's where we, you know, her <laughs> with that whole group, the SCTV crew. John Candy, Eugene Levy. Uh, yep. There's another guy. He's been in different movies. I can't remember his name. Um, Joe Flaherty. Joe Flaherty. Yeah, uh, you know, just a lot of these great SCTV or Second City actors and actresses from Canada. And so, big shout to the hubby. <laughs> there you from. go. Last right. time we went to Canada, uh, Eugene Levy was on our plane. Wow. And he had a different, uh, he didn't go through customs with us. He was on the other side and had an expedited customs thing. But we took a picture of him across the airport. Okay, there <laughs> you go. 
this this wasn't the flight where your daughter said no 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah oh my gosh i i love a lot of the things she's done just amazing actress so that's uh, my female actress now i got two guys who are gonna have a lot of similarity in their background and for some reason you know hey i'm alaskan you know why well, we get along pretty well with the canadians you know there are southern <laughs> friends you know those right. wild-eyed southern boys and gals down there in canada <laughs> so my next person is one of my favorite actors in the world he immediately as soon as i saw him i was at college at oklahoma panhandle state university a buddy of mine and i guys a guy that you may not know or may know a guy named thad burkhan thad burkhan was from hardesty right there we would <laughs> play ping pong and then we might have an amber cola or two and then we'd go <laughs> watch a little saturday night live and this was the amazing, the immortal Mike Myers. Yeah. Mike Myers, again, Canadian import. Right. Love them Canucks. <laughs> he came on down <laughs> on Saturday Night Live from 89 to 95. To me, I know there's the different classical genres of Saturday Night Live. The 70s, you know, of course, with Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, you know, the list goes on. But that late 80s, early 90s Saturday Night Live, I loved. And I loved it when Mike Myers was on there with Dana Carvey, you know, with Kevin Nealon, with, oh boy, several other ones. Uh, what's his name? Uh, caveman lawyer guy. Um, no! Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's escaping me right now. <laughs> uh, so Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman, there you go. Oh, senility, my old friend. Okay. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> but when he started doing the Wayne's World skits, I was in because I was that guy, kind of. <laughs> I loved the music he was playing, and he was just such a dork. It was like me and Greg, Dana, you know, yeah. Carvey, and Mike Myers right there. Anyways, <laughs> I just loved everything he did. He was so hilarious, and when he was Lothar of the Hill People. When he was Lothar of the Hill People, when he was, of course, yeah, yeah, Wayne Campbell on Wayne's World. And and all these iconic figures, everybody remembers Dieter Sprockets. You know, and everybody remembers some of these wild characters that he would do. Oh, he just lit it up for me. He he, of course, so he was big on Saturday Night Live, but then when he hit Wayne's World, that hit a lot of us. That brought back to the limelight Rob Lowe from the Wayne's World movies yeah. after the scandalous stuff. And Rob Lowe let himself be made fun of in that <laughs> role. And, and anyways, Rob Lowe was a big fan. But where it came to together in the perfect trifecta was Austin Powers. Austin Powers, yeah. Oh, I just love what he can do <laughs> with an accent. And what he can do with the British, and boy, then we saw, you know, Goldmember too. Uh, <laughs> that creepy character from the Netherlands. Anyways, but we saw all kinds of different actor, you know, diff different types of things that he could do. But then what was really awesome about Mike Myers is he's done all these things. One of my favorite movies that doesn't get quite as much acclaim, but I think he was brilliant in, 
was So I Married an Axe Murderer. Mm-hmm. That is more of an intellectual thinking man's comedy, but it was funny <laughs> as all get out. Nancy yeah. Travis, one of my favorite yeah. actresses of all time from you know Last Man Standing, she was in that first time I ever mm-hmm. saw her in a movie. And so, you know, great. And, and then, of course, he was actually in a really silly movie, but it kind of showed more of his acting prowess in The Love Guru. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was Shrek. My oh, God, yes. The iconic figure of Shrek. And then he did something that blew me kind of away. I wasn't expecting this. It was not a comedic role, but he made it kind of silly, odd. Was he was in Inglorious Bastards? Hmm. When he was in that movie, he was one of the uh, generals from from the English, oh. and of course dealing with Brad Pitt and that whole thing. It was a dark comedy, but he was a part of that, but a very minor role. So he started mm-hmm. moving away from all of that, and and kind of getting more into support types of things, and and he was a huge Monty Python fan, mm. which made sense <laughs> to me. You know, because of the, the, the lot of the, the type of humor that he, you know, would, would come up with. So Mike Myers, he is Canadians or Canada's best gift to American comedy. I just love that guy. He, He's good. Um, he was great with the accents, with the British accents. He did on SNL. If you ever saw Watch Much, he uh, would come on as Mick Jagger and was great. Had all oh. the motions and the, the head and the jerking and all <laughs> and his physical comedy, like alluded to there. Now, do you remember the Twin Peaks episode when he played that weird little elf that oh. came out and danced around? <laughs> and then, of course, he, bit, would dance, yes. he would dance. He would dance at the end of Sprockets after someone touched his monkey. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that is so right. When he did the little caricature of the the little person that yes. uh, would say. You know, in that weird backward language, I yes. like little pies. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, and then when he was the little boy in the bathtub. Oh, uh, what, who did he did the drawings? Drawings, Sa- Simon. You know my name, Simon. Simon yeah. I do drawings. <laughs> the best episode you're tw- you're I ever ba- saw. Twigging berries. You looking at my twigging? You looking at my bum? Bum looker. Cheeky bucky. The best episode I ever saw with that was when he had Danny DeVito in the tub with him. And Danny DeVito was the little infant son of a mafia hitman. He goes, what is Santa Claus going to get for you this year? Well, my pop didn't like what Santa Claus got for me, so Santa got whacked. (laughs) Anyways, yeah. I mean, you could go on and on about what he has done. And then, of course, the little commercials that Saturday Night Live did. They were very famous for their little commercials. I loved the commercial that he was in of English toothpaste. Because packed with 2.5 grams of sugar per brushing. <laughs> they had these terrible teeth. Oh, it was great. It was yeah, great. I can't, remember, I can't remember the name of the product, but it was da, 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 the British toothpaste. Yeah. <laughs> So you can have that British look every day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was great. It was great. So Michael Meyer, and of course he tag teamed with Dana Carvey, who is by far one of my mega, he's my fourth. I love Dana Carvey. Everything he's done, I love. He's he's, he's kind of my honorable mention plus. (laughs) 
you know. <laughs> He's my plus size. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he, they were. They, and they're doing commercials now of the Wayne's World variety. Yes, they are. It's for a takeout service of, you know, food delivery during the COVID <laughs> times here. So I don't remember what it was. Don't really care what it was. Those guys were awesome. Yeah, reliving their Wayne's World roles. Okay, I know I'm getting a little long in the tooth. I'm going to go to my last person here. So my last person is dun, 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 Canadian again. Here we go. <laughs> oh, Canada. Okay, anyways. <laughs> We're giving a lot of love to our southern we neighbors. We sure are. Up here. Your husband is going to love this episode. He will, Never. yes. <laughs> All right. Well, my favorite one is the most wild, the most crazy, the most insane physical comedy actor I've seen in my entire lifetime. Every time I see it, even though I may have watched a particular movie 17 times, it still makes me just R-O-F-L, dude. <laughs> I roll on the floor laughing with this dude. He is so incredible. He's so amazing. You probably already know who it is. It is the Canadian-born James Eugene Carey, which would be Jim Carey. Yeah. Jim Carey. I can watch his stuff over and over and over again. The first time I saw him, he was a very, very young actor, and it was on the funniest rolling series I've ever seen. I love it. I still will go to YouTube and watch it from time to time myself now. He was on In Living Color. With the Wayans brothers, Damon Wayans, and you know, uh, so, yeah, 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 he was so funny as Fire Marshal Bill, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and doing all of those caricatures that he could do. He could do so many impressions, he could do so many physical types of comedic stuff. When he was, oh my gosh, what was her name? He portrayed a woman that was on steroids, horse steroids. <laughs> I don't remember her name. <laughs> she was the funniest. She was, Hi, guys. I am. Anyways, hilarious. By far the funniest guy I've ever seen, ever. And I loved In Living Color for the whole program, but Jim Carrey blew that thing up for me when he came on board. So he was not only in that, but then after In Living Color, when I first saw Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, <laughs> I was in shock. And how wild and crazy and just over the top, cheesy, gooberish, ridiculous this was. But I loved that movie. And of course, the several movies afterward. So S. Ventura was one of the greatest, you know, uh, I think there was two or three, at least two or three of those movies. And then Dumb and Dumber, oh. my favorite comedic movie of all time. I love that movie. <laughs> I mean... He brought the house down with that. And he's been in so many others. One of the greatest comedies I've ever seen, not only because it was funny, because I've never seen anybody look and act like two separate people ever like this, was Me, Myself, and Irene, the movie that he was in. Mm -hmm. I was shell-shocked at his skill, at his talent. It was just unbelievable. But anyways, yeah. Jim Carrey is the end all for me for physical <laughs> comedy. He was Jerry Lewis 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. Good, yeah. Good way to put it. Jerry yeah. Lewis yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
blew you know, me away. Yeah. My favorite Jim Carrey movie is not a funny one, but it's the Truman Show. I love that show. Mm. I re- I had my family watch it not too long ago because they'd never seen it. Like my parents and my husband and daughter, and they all liked it too. But I really, I liked him in that. So it, he's got two sides, you know, he can do yeah. a little bit more serious. <laughs> you know, that is a great comment because there's not a whole lot of actors that can do that. Like, mm-hmm. so the only, the only one that really comes straight to the forefront for me is Tom Hanks. He went from being a comedian, funny, mm-hmm. funny actor to doing yes. serious roles and people actually accepted it and it was serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most people. And of course, Jim Carrey's in that group. I mean, he had a great role there. He's had a couple of very twisted roles that he's played, but People aren't prepared for Jim Carrey in those kind of roles. <laughs> right. They expect mm-hmm. to see Dumb and Dumber. They expect to see Ace Ventura. You know, mm-hmm. Liar, Liar. Oh, my gosh. It's, you know, one of the funniest one. movies I've ever seen in my entire life. You know, yeah. Like, yes, Man. Holy cow. That was <laughs> amazing. So, yeah. he, he's just, he's the end all for me. If there's any movie that he's in, I don't care what it is. If he's trying a new genre, <laughs> Lemony Snicket, kind of a different movie, but I loved it. You know, uh, what was that one called? Mr. Popper's Penguins or something? Yes, I liked that one. Great movie. Great family yeah. movie. Yeah. You know, so no matter what he does, I'm interested. Yeah. And again, oh, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Canada, for hockey and comedians. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, and who's our next Canadian on the list, Greg? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> so, this is you, eh? Be, I'm going to go get some uh, is... back bacon and some corn. Yeah, I've got to, I got to tell you, I got to, I love Bob and Doug McKenzie. God, I love me some strange <laughs> brew. That's my honorable mention. That's my twofer. So, Canada's produced a lot of great things. Well, I don't know. I would say. Well, hockey teams. I was going to say hockey. I don't know who's produced. <laughs> it produced great hockey teams. Brett the Hitman Hart, uh, Canadian yes. Bacon. Lot, lots of great things come from Canada. Oh, yeah. Bill you know Snor Beer, it's eh? And it's, <laughs> and it's funny. Isn't Ham's Beer from Canada, too? Isn't Not Ham's, from? but Molson. Molson? Okay. I thought. Yeah. I thought Labatt's. Uh, yeah. April, you were saying, it, okay. And I was a little worried. I thought Nat was going to mention mine. My, I normally don't put things in order, but this this person is my number one. I, oh. I just love his movies, absolutely love his movies. And you know, if you look through the 80s, every single year, this guy was relevant and in a big-time comedy, at least one big-time comedy movie, it seems like. It seems like every year. Um, and I, I, he's one of those people, when people see him, they, they feel warm. He'd feel warm and, and he's just hysterical um and he's a guy who when he would come on and he would be we like would be watching one of his tv movies on tv or something and my dad didn't watch a whole lot of movies but oh when this guy came on he would say he'd look at me he's like oh has this got old candy in it john candy he oh. is i mean he he just even if i think about him i just start smiling and laughing and unfortunately he's not yeah. with us anymore but you know, going, I don't know what his first credited role was, but you look like in 81 uh, and 
And this April mentioned one of my people, and, and I'll talk a little bit about him too. Uh, Stripes with Bill Murray came out, and Harold Ramis. Uh, John Candy was in that as kind yes, of a was. supporting. But he was so hysterical. When he got off the base, at, and Nat knows this, it, the, the base, it was filmed at Fort Knox, Kentucky. Um, when they got yeah. off the bus, they bring the recruits in for basic training. And remember John Candy? He had on he had on that shirt and the sports jacket. He had that remember he had that tussle of hair all over his head. And he was wearing <laughs> those dark glasses. And he gets off the bus and and the captain, the company commander, was John Larroquette. Yep. Uh Nat from Night Court, who April doesn't have a crush on anyone from there. <laughs> <laughs> as, we found, as, we, as we shockingly found out in the last Austin Whisper. Um, but John Lurkett is talking to my man, Sergeant Holka. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and he gets off the bus and he, uh, he's like, fine looking group of recruits this uh, this uh, time, Sergeant Holka. And Sergeant Holka's just kind of like, uh, and John Candy gets off the bus and he, and he like, he's like breathing heavily, stepping off the bus. He's like, ah. he's like, uh, where's the chow line or something like that? And he, he looks at the captain, the captain, he goes, how's it going, Eisenhower? And kind of salutes him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when he's talking to those uh, those female MPs, you know, like, oh, is there a movie on this flight? <laughs> Just making these stupid <laughs> jokes. And then when they're sitting in the barracks, or, oh, remember when they all went in to get their heads shaved? And he comes out and he's like almost crying, and he's holding his his curls in his fingers. <laughs> when they're sitting in the barracks later, and the, they're all going around, and the sergeants point to him and they're talking about why they joined the army. And, and his name was. His uh, character's name was like Private Oxenberg or something. They called him Ox. That was his nickname. Mm-hmm. I said, and he said, well, the reason I joined up is, well, you guys probably haven't really noticed this, but uh, I have this slight weight problem. And they're all like, <laughs> no, no, no. No, <laughs> no, that's not it. <laughs> and just the character he played in that was so funny. I mean, because when you're, you're on screen with Bill Murray. Uh, I mean, he's and Bill Murray's he's one of the guys I love. And he's Bill Murray is just so fantastic at comedy, but he is so subtle. Bill Murray, is, he doesn't yell. Well, he does a little bit, but he's Bill Murray. When he's on screen, he's usually pretty subtle. He can just he can do so much with so little to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. And keep them but John Candy was right there. And I mean, he was he was an integral. You know, people remember um, just uh, him in that movie. Uh, like in 83, he came out. He didn't have a big part in the movie, but everyone remembers this. Remember this line? Sorry, folks. Park's closed. Who's out front should have told you. Remember he was the security <laughs> guard at Wally World? At Wally World. <laughs> and and uh, he's the one they kidnapped and took on the rides. And Chevy Chase shot him in the butt with the BB gun. It made him get on the... You remember that? <laughs> Loved it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I like when he comes there and, he, and the, the Griswolds come there and they park, you know, they park way back because they're going to beat the crowd, beat the traffic when you get out. So they go there and he, he's like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Clark W. Griswold. I have a meeting with the, and he's like, uh, just what is this meeting concern, Mr. Gristle? He calls him Mr. Gristle, I think. But um, uh, <laughs> then when he gets him on, when he, when he comes back, Chevy Chase vacation, this hysterical movie. He goes down to the sporting goods store and buys that. It looks like a Colt 45, a 1911, uh, uh, 45 caliber pistol. But he uh, he has it in that paper bag and he shoves it through the bag into John Candy's chest. And 
And he's like, that's not even a real gun. And he has to, I love it because he has the price tag hanging on. It's like 1995. That's not even a real gun. <laughs> and he shot him in the butt with it when, when John Candy was trying to get off the ride. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. that was awesome. He's like, hey, this could break the skin. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you couldn't even couldn't even break the skin. It could. It could lodge in the skin and cause a very nasty infection. But, um, <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, I think it was in 87. Ugh, planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, Just, yeah. He and another guy who is, I'm going to mention too, Steve Martin. And Steve Martin is, of course, very subtle. But yes. Steve Martin is so good at being subtle, but he can he can sort of, he has that manic part of him too that just comes out once in a while and it just makes him so funny. And it, he's just a, such a, a, a broad actor in terms of what he can do. And, yeah. and, uh, and I didn't realize this, but um, a while back, because uh, my hair, of course, is, is white and someone, uh, a, a girl I knew pretty much said, uh, well, you look like Steve Martin kind of. And I was like, Really, and I like Steve Martin. But like, oh, really, I look like Steve Martin. Like, no, he's hot. And I, I, they're like these women who think Steve, younger women who think Steve Martin is hot. Like, really, <laughs> Steve Martin? Who knew? But no. Getting back to getting back to uh, John Candy and kind of crossing over here, Steve Martin, and the planes, trains, and automobiles. That's just a hysteric, such a well-written movie. Just oh well yeah, played by those two. Any any movie. Where someone is with Steve Martin, they automatically become great because Steve Martin makes the other people great too. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, but that's a that that movie is hysterical. It's it's you know it's heartwarming. It's a holiday movie, but um, God, it's just one you can sit and watch and and uh, and enjoy it. Um, uh, yeah. John Candy is just so immensely immensely talented. Um, and then I think it was in 89, in the uh, 80s there, uh, everybody's favorite uh, relative coming to visit Uncle Buck. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's just, he was just awesome in that. Uh, yeah. So and funny. I, 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 yes, he, he was amazing in that movie. I, you know, the, the interaction that he had with Macaulay Culkin was amazing. <laughs> And I like the interaction he had with the assistant principal. I think she was the assistant principal when he went to when he went to Macaulay Culkin's school, or the, it was the little girl's school. She got in trouble because she was daydreaming and he he lined her out. So that's right. But, uh, that's when he wasn't going. Uh, that's when he wasn't going. Uh, bug exterminating. Right. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. So that movie. That movie was incredible. My favorite candy movie of all time is The Great Outdoors. Oh, Nat, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, yeah. Because last week, last week in Colorado, it was, it was the meatless Saturday, which, of course, everybody in Colorado, a lot of big ranchers and farmers here, we, everybody was eating meat. <laughs> but that scene, you know where I'm going with the old 96er? You know yeah. that? Dan Aykroyd, yeah. that, Dan Aykroyd was that, that bombastic jackass, and they all went out to dinner that night. What about it, Chet? You think you didn't? You think you didn't? Oh, yeah. They, oh. They, they, they try the old 96 <laughs> and it's this 96 pound of the 96 pound 96 ounce piece of steak and they they bring it out in candy he's eating it and he's a big man you know he's eating and he's sweating and hurt and the part where dan Aykroyd <laughs> is leaning listening to his belly and, he, and you hear that grumbling oh yes it's, it's digesting very nicely and he's trying to get the meat down and it's like whew, he takes that last bite and he drops it and the cook's like you ain't done yet 
He's like, what? He finished all of it. He ain't done yet. And it's like, all it's there is gristle and fat. Uh-huh. And there's like 20 ounces of gristle and fat already. Because <laughs> if he finishes this, can we get uh, t-shirts for the whole family? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then my favorite part of that is when they walk outside and they look at the dumpster and, wow, look at all those maggots. <laughs> and he hurls like there was no tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. He was in a uh, uh, summer rental. Um, yes. Just a lot. Who's Harry Crumb? A lot. Spaceballs. He he was in a lot of big movies throughout the eighties. Oh, so. Spaceballs was amazing. Great movie. When he was uh, woof. Yes. Yeah. Um, but just a major talented actor and unfortunately passed away. Uh, but, but just a great guy. And anytime one of his movies on, I, I gotta watch it cause he was brilliant. Um, funny, funny guy. Just, and he just seemed like a really sweet guy too. So I, I, I love Chuck Candy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's good. Boy, that's, that's uh, a solid <laughs> choice right there. You get, <laughs> My, you get the most comedy per pound per buck right there. Yeah. <laughs> per uncle. Right. <laughs> I, I saw what you did there. Um, so you know, Canada was batting pretty strong right there. We what we yes. have pretty big time there. Um, okay, this next one is an American product, but I I love this guy. He was not. He didn't start off as an actor. He started off as a legit comedian, and I heard that in the first big movie he was in, uh, I mean, they had a script for him, but. He just kind of showed up and did his thing. Um, mm. And I, I just love him. I love his style, uh, the self-deprecating uh, type of style, as uh, Rodney Dangerfield. Oh! Um, and, and of course, the, the, the consummate movie with him is Caddyshack. He played Al Zervik, this uh, millionaire construction company owner, who was really just a common blue-collar guy. And just everybody just loved the barbs he gave to all the snobs at the country club. But I, I, I love his timing. I love his wit. Um, just the, and that movie's just full of his hysterical scenes and, and great lines from Rodney Dangerfield. Um, he did some other uh, movies, uh, Easy Money, Back to School. Um, those are the ones that come to mind. Uh, and you may know some others, but. Uh, um, yeah, Caddyshack for me was something, and of course that had some uh, com- comedic heavyweights in it too. You had uh, you had uh, Chevy Chase, and of course I'm going to mention him again. Bill Murray was in there, Ooh, Carl yeah. Groundskeeper. So yeah, uh, yeah Rodney Dangerfield uh, up there for me. Um, I uh, let's see, mentioned we we had mentioned or I had mentioned Steve Martin a little earlier. Um, like his movies, and he's one of those who's done he's done comedy movies, and then he's done some that are kind of you get borderline, kind of sort of serious, and you know a little more um, cerebral. But usually, anything he's in is worth watching, I think. And and but I, I love though his his penchant for comedy, and like I said, if someone is sharing the screen with him, they automatically become better, and not oh, yeah. a lot of people can. Yeah, but he he elevates the other people around him, and that's that's a pretty kind of remarkable feat. So, but uh, he was, in, um, oh, of course, in '79 he was in the jerk. He was in, uh, we mentioned planes, trains, and automobiles. 
Um, he was in uh, uh, Roxanne. Um, oh yeah, yeah. That was a good movie. Um, what what are what are what am I missing? I'm missing something here. But um, oh oh, we mentioned it before. I mentioned Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yes, that's what I was just getting ready to say. That. <laughs> love and, him in that movie. He's oh, so yes. funny. And the movie in the early 80s that really got him launched was The Jerk. Yeah. Yeah. I think that came out in 79, but yeah, in the early 80s that was huge. Oh, that was huge. Oh, okay. No, 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 but it was but it was like in the 80s was when he just really, you know, well, and of course, that was about the time, you know, the wild and crazy guy from SNL, you know, remember <laughs> that with the arrow through the head. And uh, so, yeah, he's he's done a lot of uh, a lot of great things. And he tours. He goes on tour. You may or may not know this. I didn't get to see them when they were in Sioux City. I wanted to, but I, I didn't have a chance to. Um, he tours with Martin Short and they really? tell jokes and they entertain. And Steve Martin, as, as Odd as it sounds, he is—he's a very accomplished banjo player. I mean, legitimately, he plays the banjo and they <laughs> do songs. And he has a band that with him that travels with him. I think called the High Mountain Rangers, and and they they do they just entertain people. And he and Martin Short had this deal where they were doing all these uh, these stops on this tour and 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 uh, performing. And, and so it's funny how the people that we're mentioning are so interconnected. You know what I'm saying with movies mm-hmm. and just oh, all yeah. they're kind of wound together. That, that I think that '80s that was such a wonderful time for comedy. Um, just a lot of great, great uh, uh, performers there, and, and a lot of great, uh, great movies. Um, you know, I've heard that Steve Martin is really talented on a lot of levels. He's a an extremely good banjo player. Yeah. And a juggler and all kinds of different things that, again, I'd have to look it up, but for sure, banjo. He's amazing. I've heard him play the banjo. Yeah. And um, let's see. Lastly, well, April mentioned him, and I'm glad she did. Um, I've got uh, Bill Murray. And Stripes was the first time I really became familiar with his work. And just... Bill Murray can just be so absolute deadpan and it's hysterical. Yes. Yeah. Just, just, just his, his being void of emotion is what is so funny sometimes. <laughs> um, he's, uh, let's see, he was in, um, I think you guys mentioned Scrooge. Um, uh, of course stripes. He was in, uh, the first meatballs movie, which none of the rest were, but the first meatballs movie was pretty funny. Yeah. And, uh, he was in there. I liked when they had that camp counselor that was kind of a dork. He was all right, but he was just a dorky guy. And they were always putting his bed somewhere, and he was waking up someplace <laughs> like he was in the woods. And when they had Parents' Day, they had the sign stretched over the entrance that said, Welcome, Parents. And, and they had him up on top of the sign in his bed. He woke up up there. <laughs> and at the end, at the very end, when the credits are rolling, he's out there. The sun's come up. He's out there in the middle of the lake at the camp on, yes. on a raft. His bed's there, and he got the night. Then he gets up and he yawns and he's and he wa- he steps off the raft into the water. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's done a lot of uh, good, funny movies. Um, he did a movie too, like in the '90s, early mid '90s, called Wild Things, 
but he played this attorney. It wasn't a funny movie, but he played this attorney and he was funny because he, his office was like in a strip mall and he was, he, his, uh, he had his, uh, uh, not secretary, but his, uh, person who greets you as you, you come in, um, was like on one side of this partition and she would like raise up and, and, and say, are you in, you know, it was like that. He just had this like little wall, but and I remember when the first time you were in, he was wearing a neck collar, like he'd been injured, but he, he wasn't really. So that was, that was uh, really, really funny part of that. Um, I was trying to think of some other things that he has done. Oh my gosh. Have we, have we talked about Groundhog Day? Groundhog Day. No, yeah. But... Yep. That's a classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And he was amazing in Groundhog Day, yeah. He's done a couple later movies as well. Wasn't there one called, um, was it Lost in Translation? Or am I thinking of something different? Maybe maybe I am. I'm not sure. It might be. I'll have to research that. Um, And, oh, well, I mentioned it before, but um, uh, Caddyshack, he was was awesome in that as Carl the Groundskeeper. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, keeps going round and round with a gopher. And, what about Bob? Was a great <laughs> movie as well. Yeah. Yes. And, and the scene, the scene in Caddyshack when someone threw a baby Ruth candy bar into the pool and they thought it was something else, and they had to drain it. Do you remember Carl was cleaning it? Was oh, cleaning that was it. amazing. Yeah. And he grabbed it. And he, yeah. If you have, if you haven't seen the movie, go see. It. When he jumped on that one, that that lady <laughs> fell over and fainted. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That was, that was funny. That was funny. Him, yeah, and him just at odds with that gopher. Um, was that there was a whole little subplot there to the movie as well. So, um, but he's he's a great. Uh, a great actor, a comedic and, and also otherwise. Um, it's funny. April started off going back into the 1930s <laughs> because we're going to, because kids, that's where we're going to end up in the 1930s. Oh, um, my, one of my favorites, uh, my favorite from that time. And from those, from the old black and whites, one of my favorites. And a lot of comedians, I've heard comedians from, and and people who interview pe- David Letterman, Johnny Carson, other people always cite this person as uh, as being so uh, funny. And he's just he was so smart. And remember, going back to the 1930s, he made some movies with his brothers, Groucho Marx. I oh. absolutely oh. the Marx brother and Groucho. He's kind of like Rodney Dangerfield. He was so smart, and he's just. You can tell he's just boom, 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 and and these mm-hmm. lines, um, and the way he and the way he says things, and his delivery is so fat. He is so up mentally, cerebrally, he is so far beyond what anyone else there is doing, and he he is just, he's so funny, and and the way he thinks things out, and he, he's so far ahead of people. Um, I just I've always loved his comedy, um. He did it several movies in the 30s uh, with the Marx Brothers. Um, uh, Duck Soup, A Night at the Opera, Day at the Races. Um, Go West, that's a funny one. 
then in the 50s, he was actually on one of the first, well, he was on a radio game show, and then it became one of the first television game shows on black and white TV called uh, You Bet Your Life. And there's, yeah. there's a funny episode on there where, um, well, no, no, actually, this didn't happen. It's a rumor. It's because Groucho denied it, but this supposedly happened. And I want to believe it happened, but he said it didn't happen, but I could see it happening. This lady was a contestant, and she had, I believe, 14 or 15 children. And oh. Groucho says, and Groucho's smoking the star, and he says, why, why do you have so many children? And she says, kind of very haughtily, she says, because I love my husband. And Groucho says, without missing a beat, says, well, I love my cigar, but I occasionally take it out of my mouth. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man>. Wow. <laughs> But uh, he's a uh, he's a he's a great one. Um, so I'm I'm glad April. Went, I'm glad I'm not the only person stuck in the 1930s. That's pretty incredible, Greg. I I of course would. I've seen lots of Laurel and Hardy back in the day. Mm-hmm. I've seen lots of, of course the Three Stooges, but I have oh, yeah. not seen much about Groucho Marx or the Marx Brothers. I, I don't know a whole lot about them. Yeah, they're, I mean, it's it's definitely worth checking out uh, some of their films or some of their clips. And like I said, Groucho just, he, Groucho's just the engine that drives the entire thing. He's in, mm. Yeah. And and it wouldn't surprise me if he, well, I think he went off script. All, I don't know if he might have ever stayed on script, but <laughs> his his timing and his his intelligence was just so far out there. And like I said, when you hear people, comedians in later years, famous guy talk about it, everybody's, you know, Groucho Marx was up there. His, his mind was just so sharp. Um, let's see. Maybe an honorable mention I'm going to throw out. He's kind of along the same lines as Groucho Marx and um, Rodney Dangerfield, <laughs> especially as far as I, all you've got to say are these two words insult comedy uh, don don rickles oh yeah not that he made a lot of movies but he made he made one one of my all-time favorite movies uh kelly's heroes with clint eastwood and telly sabalas if you ever see that movie don rickles is in there he's yeah funny don rickles is just a funny funny man so uh he's and he's one of those who's, who's just got such a sharp wit quick mind on youtube there are some celebrity roasts and if you ever watch those yeah. don rickles is always the the the, the uh, centerpiece of those and he is the only person i've ever seen probably the only person on earth who can make clint eastwood giggle he'll he'll he he tells jokes and rips clint and clint's just giggling I, i've never seen that before so uh, but he's in the movie Kelly's Heroes, great movie. But yeah, no, yeah. Don Rickles, when I would throw up there as an honorable mention. Oh yeah. Um, there was a there was a show on in the nineties. I remember when we were in college, and it j- just ran for a very very short time. I think it was on Fox, and it was called Daddy Dearest. And it was the comedian Richard Lewis, but his dad was uh, Don Rickles in the in the show. And oh. I just remember this one scene where uh, he was outside on the street, and there's this pretzel vendor. Uh, they're in New York City or something, and, and this pretzel vendor is there, and he says to Don Rickles, he says, hey, mister, he goes, uh, I got it right here, hot and salty. And Don Rickles looks at him and goes, no thanks, I like girls. It was just kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh my gosh, Don Rickles. Yeah, he could just snap him off, and in that yeah. kind yeah. of East Coast kind of accent. Oh, he's great. Yeah, yeah. So those yeah. are those are those are my folks as far as you know, funny ones. We've 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 touched on a lot of really really great ones. Um, this may be a topic we have to, as as I think is common with a lot of our topics, we may have to revisit uh, sometime. Yes, um, yes. I, I think this uh, I think this little uh, trip down memory lane has brought some laughs and some kind of rekindled some uh, some uh, good memories of, uh, of scenes that we've we've all enjoyed in, in movies or, or just seeing these performers uh, uh, display their talents. So, you know, both of you have brought out movies that I'm going to go look up now on <laughs> YouTube or wherever they are found. And I'm going to uh-huh. watch them because uh, they sound hilarious. But I. I don't recall ever watching them. So, yeah. Good. Well, you'll have to let us know what you think. You know it. (laughs) I will. I will. (laughs) Well, anything else anyone wants to add before we jump into the music? No, I think it's time to jump square into that little square dance of music. Uh, I thought Nat was going to give us a little Lawrence Welk countdown there for a moment. Right? <laughs> and, and the, the Milligan uh, sisters are going to come out with the Beverly machine. <laughs> and the one. And the two. Yeah. Or, 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 was that, or was that the count from, uh, from Sesame <laughs> Yes. <laughs> what, what were we listening to last week? Well, I can start this one off. I don't mind this at all. I... I was listening to a great band that a lot of people aren't as familiar with. I'm I'm the metal guy. I'm the guy that likes all kinds of genres of music. But it's a band called Fate's Warning. And I listened to this band. Their latest album is amazing, 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 amazing album. And it, it's just it's just incredible. It's called Long Day Good Night. If you have a chance to go to YouTube, you can find a couple of their songs. They, back in the 80s, had some incredible music that pretty much brought about that whole progressive music, like Queensryche followed them in that kind of, that kind of vein. A, a band called Dream Theater, which a lot of people yep. are familiar with. Yeah, they, they like, it's pretty much the godfathers of progressive metal. They were like the next step past Pink Floyd, you know, kind of that progressive type of stuff. So... Their latest album, Long Day Goodnight, is great. I loved it. I listened to it. What I had asked for everybody else to listen to was not that one. I, I, I listened to that one. I'm going to listen to more of that one for sure. I, I just love it. The, one that, the song that I asked everybody to listen to was this new Brazilian band. You know, I'm, I, you know me, I just, <laughs> I have no boundaries. <laughs> yeah, I'm all for legal and illegal immigration of music. It's like, you know, you've heard of, you've heard of that organization that does great with Doctors Without Borders. That, yes. That's like, that's like DJ Without Borders. <laughs> right. right. You can't confine me to these coasts, my friend. Yes, I'm going uh, across the pond. However, uh, going a little south this time to Brazil, that I had asked for everybody to listen to a band called Icon of Sin, and they sound exactly, and I mean exactly like Iron Maiden. Bruce Dickinson sounded like in the 80s. Uh, did you guys have a chance to listen to I, that? I, I, I listened yes. to it. I, I did listen to that song, yeah, and you were right. You were right, yeah. It, uh, mm-hmm. It's very ma- Maiden-esque, yeah, very much. Very. Yeah, and I'm not sure if you saw the video, but 
I love it when he's singing and he'll look at the camera and kind of do a silly little grin from time to time, you know, and, and keep on singing. And he was just pounding it out as great music. So Icon of Sin, I'm not crazy about the name of the band. And that's the title track, Icon of Sin. But they are just an amazing Iron Maiden fanboys of the highest order. So good stuff there. What I would like you to listen to, and I'm going to take you back a day or three, or maybe 30-ish years. We're going to go back to 1990. And this song is the title track from this album. It was... When it came out, so we were just kind of starting to exit the hair metal realm, but Guns N' Roses was still kind of popular and still doing okay. Well, here's a band that had a Guns N' Roses vibe and a former member, a dude named Jizzy Pearl on vocals. This is the great song called Blackout in the Red Room. Mm. Blackout in the Red Room is the name of the album as well by the band called Love Slash Hate. Love Hate. You know, a lot of people like Love Hate. What's that? But it sounds like Guns N' Roses charged kind of hard rock, but that vocals of Jizzy Pearl are just so kind of like raspy and gritty. It's it's a lot like Axl Rose of Guns N' Roses, but he really just sneers it out at you, just like he's sneering at you with like that Billy Idol kind of lip that kind of goes <laughs> up to the side, like, eh. So Blackout in the Red Room, it, I play it from time to time on my radio show. I love it because it's not a one-hit wonder because truly Love Hate had a couple albums. They had some great music, but this one is the one that hit MTV, and it made a splash. You got to check out Blackout in the Red Room. I've heard that song and that when it when it first came out, like was it like 1990? Okay. When it came out, yeah, it was it it not not to sound cliche, but it it was like kind of nothing else. I mean it was it was still that hard rock, that hard, gritty, grimy, nerd, nitty, gritty, dirty, like you <laughs> mentioned, rock. But it was just so di- but it just and it had such a hook that it just caught you and pulled you in. So yeah, that's a great song. It's got great vocals, and then it's got those little interludes where it's just drums pounding with the vocals, and then they hit the guitars. And so for just a guy that just stimes out in the old school rock and roll that just kind of gets engulfed into it, you want hair metal. Well, it's not hair metal, but it's just quality kind of Guns N' Roses starting to go down those paths of the grimy, slimy, like, <laughs> like Craig was talking about. <laughs> But it's just such good time rock and roll. Even old folks, it doesn't matter who's around. If they hear that, their head will start swaying back and forth. Because <laughs> it's got that you know magical effect on everybody. Little voodoo magic going on with yeah. love hate. <laughs> yeah. 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 You you mentioned it. It kind of reminds me too a little bit. There's a little bit of something, some sort I haven't listened to a lot of them, but it's, there's like a little element of L.A. Guns in there, too. It kind of just that. Very much so. L.A. Guns, another band from that era. The guy's voice is a lot like the, some people may not know the band, but called Faster Pussycat. Kind of that really kind of grungy rock and roll. Yeah. We were getting out of the bombastic hair metal at that time. It was going more towards the Guns N' Roses feel and vibe. This has sort of that kind of genre vibe to it. 
So that's Very it. Nice. I, I can't wait for folks to check that out. Please do so. We will <laughs> we will post that on the Walkman Whisperers page. All right. All, All right. right. You um, want me to go next? Yeah, if you're ready, April. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> so I last week suggested people listen to Lee Aaron, I think is who I said last week. Mm-hmm. Um so Chad has a new girlfriend, right? Or a new he does. He said so. That's good. Mistress that's of good. the dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he loves him some Canadian rocker chicks. Right, right there. Right. We're playing with it, Chad. That's a great song. That's a great. It song. is. Yeah, it is. So, um, and I didn't have anything that I was going to necessarily listen to, but I ended up listening to a lot of. Um, one band that I, I really like, and they had an album that released 31 years ago tomorrow. So March 26th of 1990. Mm. And that album was Brigade by Heart. (gasps) And the song Uh. that I keep going back to is, I didn't want to need you. Isn't that? Yeah. That, yep. I love that song. Yeah. Oh, so my. that's what I'm going to recommend. Love me some Wilson Sisters music. That's some good yes. stuff. Yeah. Yes, yep. it I, is. Yes. I, I've heard that song, but it has been so long ago. Yeah, that, that was a good yeah. album. And, and I kind of remember that song. So I'm definitely going to check that out again. Yes, that was that was good. There's a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of good songs on that album. The Wilson so, Sisters are just gold. I they are such a great songwriting and singing, you know, rock yes. and roll band. Mm-hmm. Heart just mm-hmm. is a great band. Yeah. Good one. Yes. Yes. So um, I really, I don't, I'm not going to say what I'm going to listen to because who knows? No. It, it led me to a good place this time. So we'll just see where it goes from. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's behind door number three? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all, right. all for me okay um last week i was going to listen to queen strike the one and i did yes I, I listened to that and was glad i did and uh i really like the live stuff that they did so they sound so good um i don't even remember what i suggested to listen to i would have to go back uh, and look i don't remember what the heck it was you know, uh, like a week ago, yeah. With that Queensryche live, you just mentioned that. I I think probably one of the greatest live performances I've ever seen was the tune that you had mentioned last time on the uh, the last podcast called "Take Hold of the Flame." Mm-hmm. It was a Japanese. It was in Japan. It mm-hmm. was a Japanese concert, I believe that was the one, and that live rendition was better than the album. It was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I told you I heard on that um they played that entire Kiss concert on the Kiss uh Kiss Unholy radio uh online radio station. And they played and that was the last song Queensryche did. And Queensryche set sounded really good and that but that last song was oh it blew me away. So uh yeah. I remember what song I suggested. It was that kick song. Nat had already heard that because he has the he has the C D. Yep. Um, but that was what I had suggested people listen to. Uh, this week, 
I am going to listen for myself. I rag on this guy a little. I like him, but I rag on him a little bit. Um, and I know a fair amount of his solo stuff, but I'm going to listen to some more solo stuff that I he and he he's always done a lot of cover songs, which is fine. Um, I'm going to seek out some more of his tunes and listen to them. I'm just going to go through the, to the and, and yes, I'm going back to Kiss again. I'm going through the Ace Frehley catalog and I'm going to listen to some of his solo stuff. I've heard a lot of it. But there's a lot of it that I've not heard. Um, and I'm going to check that out. Uh, the song I am going to recommend people listen to. <laughs> I've been on this oddball song kick lately. Um, <laughs> going back to like 80, I don't know, 83, 80, 45, somewhere in there. <laughs> Bear with me on this. <clears throat> I didn't watch them, but I knew who they were because we didn't have we didn't have cable. They were on like PBS or something. <laughs> and they weren't even a band. But there was this Bear with me here. There was this professional wrestling tag team called the Fabulous Freebirds. And they were on TBS in Atlanta. And they and there was three of them. And they had this song that they well, I think Michael Hayes, who was like the main freebird, he sang on it. I don't know, I don't think the band, I don't think the wrestlers were the band who had a band. But they had they had this entrance music, this theme music called Bad Street USA. And I thought that's probably just some goofy it's actually not a bad tune. I'm going to post the link. There, there's a, re, a remake of it by a band called Crossfire, and the song is Bad Street USA. Mm. And I'm gonna, I'm. It's just kind of a, it's kind of a like a, I was gonna say, Leonard Skinner meets Twisted Sister. So you've got Twisted Leonard <laughs> Skinner Sister or something like, <laughs> or, or Skinner's. Twisted innards or something. Skinner's twisted innards. Twisted <laughs> yeah, come on down to Granny's kitchen for some good cooking. Skinner's <laughs> twisted innards. <laughs> so I'm going to uh, put the link out there and, and invite you to listen to Bad Street USA by the band Crossfire, and you can you can decide what you think on that. So that's what I've got. You know that is a very interesting song I, i'm i can't wait to listen to that something along the same vein so you know that was wwe yeah yeah you've got uh fabulous Freebirds, you know terry michaels and what was it dusty Rhodes or something like that anyways it, it was it was um i don't know if i should be ashamed to admit i know it was uh michael hayes oh, who michael hayes. kind of kind of acted like david lee roth uh, michael hayes terry gordy and buddy roberts were the three of them Okay, so. <laughs> okay. So we got a little WWF love fest there going on. All right, but anyways, <laughs> you guys know. were like NWA. This was back in the, back in the oh. day, way back. Oh. But yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So kind of along that same vein is, you know, I, I love that when bands, especially now this case, a little bit different, but sometimes bands will do just a little song or something for their favorite professional team one of my favorites of all time and i've got some video of this when my son and i went to a dallas stars hockey game a couple years ago the great band pantera did the song for the dallas stars 
every time that the Dallas Stars score and before the game, you know, when everybody's being introduced, they have a great little one minute, one and a half minute song called Dallas Stars. And they just rock it in the whole stadium. They play it, you know, at the beginning of the, the whole shooting match. And then after every score, they play Don't Know Dallas Stars. I mean, it's just <laughs> Pantera for, you know, the fan music for the Dallas mm-hmm. Stars hockey team. I just love it. So I love it when bands do that kind of thing. It's great. Yeah. 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 Yep. All right. Well, I, we, we've gone through everyone who's here, right? We have. All right. Okay. That's um, called for alcohol. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, I think we'll wrap this one up. Put this put this podcast to bed, so to speak, and uh, look forward to doing another one shortly when we're joined by our our. Uh, our complete team with Chad here with us. But in the meantime, I guess I don't have anything else to sign off with you guys. No, no I, I think we have absolutely been enthralling all evening. <laughs> I'll go along with that. <laughs> okay. Right. Me too. I will drink to that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again, folks, for, uh, for listening and supporting us. And we look to have you uh, joining us again in the very near future for, for a very long time. And uh, tell your friends about us. So uh, we'll look for you next time on the Walking Whispers. Thank you all. Thank you. Uh-huh.